Shivy, shivy, shivy. <laughs> shivy. <laughs> Hello. Hello. And welcome to Jesse and BB Cave from We Can't Talk About That Right Now's special series of podcasts dedicated to our favourite show. Succession. Succession special. Mm. We have many um, name possible names for this spin-off series of our podcast. And then we do also realise that this is going to definitely cull a lot of our mm, viewer, alienate, alienate viewers and listeners. But as you, if you have listened to this podcast for a while, you will know that we are dedicated fans of Succession and we do talk about it quite frequently. Yeah. Mainly our love for... Mm. Roman. Kieran Culkin. This guy. We hope there's a picture there. <laughs> <laughs> But we do love Kieran Culkin so much and we love his character of Roman so much that we thought, why not? Let's talk about him in the context of the show, in the context of the Roy family and in the context of our hearts. Mm. And, uh, and, and why we love him so much and the journey of Roman. And Bibi has her idea for the title of this episode. Romulus's journey. Romulus's journey, because it, as you will know, Logan likes to call Ro Roman Romulus mm. when he answers the phone to him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. I also noticed, sorry to kind of um, immediately jump in, but I also noticed that, you know, the, 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 the theme of Kieran, I mean, Roman, sorry. It's <laughs> <laughs> like an old friend. <laughs> um, having a problem with his dick and yeah. not being able to have sex. Mm -hmm. um, I noticed that Logan really perpetuates that. Mm-hmm. You know, he calls them stuff like um, Dick Dickward or mm -hmm, something, mm -hmm. and it, there's lots of references to to, to Roman's dick. Mm -hmm. um, well, <laughs> started. starting off strong, yeah. <laughs> Do you think it's strange that a father would make those kind of comments to his son that he's supposed to sort of, you know, uplift? Well, I think this is probably, hopefully, sowing the seed for a storyline eventually, which explains. Roman's problem sexually mm -hmm. there must be something that happened you know as a child or as a teenager that made him have these issues and insecurities about his dick well if his father is insulting him and then he's sexually attracted to someone who is basically a mother fi figure like Jerry then clearly um something to do with families mm. is, is is working it's working its way on him yeah but let's not get into that yet no Let's talk about episode one of series three. We're not going to recap seasons one and two for our listeners or viewers. Because um, if you haven't watched them, get on it. You got a you got a fun weekend ahead. I'm jealous. <laughs> um, but this is for season three. Getting on board. Let's start with episode one. Mm -hmm. So it opens with um, a recap. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of planes, trains, automobiles. Action stations. Action stations. So it opens with almost Kendall trying to levitate. Mm. He's in the bathroom as if he is trying, he thinks he's flying with the rush of adrenaline after stabbing his father and his family in the back at the press conference. Mm -hmm. And then they're in a car. They're all in motion, the scenes, aren't exactly. they? I feel like the first episode was really, really good at setting up an atmosphere of... If we stop for even one second, we're going to take in the magnitude of what has happened. So everyone is just moving forward. And it's fascinating that it's only at the end of the episode when Logan steps out of the hotel and he's still for the first yes. time. That's when I think you really see him acknowledging what's happened. Totally. I didn't actually think about that. But I also really felt the desperation of each character and what their um, stakes were. What, you know, what 
they were all fighting for a place mm -hmm. and worried about their their survival. Absolutely. So it, straight away from getting in that car with Kendall and Greg and um, Christina. No, what's her name? What's the um, PR's woman? The, the, PR. the, the PR woman. Um, He's actually a bigger part than she seems when yeah, you first watch yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she has such a nice, sensible sort of atmosphere and energy that you don't... Like, you, she's there all the time. We should know her name. She She's played by an actress called Dagmara. Oh. Um, and she, what's her, what's the character's name? My well, goodness. Well, we can put it up here. Yeah. But, um, when you, when she gets out of the car and, and then she ends up going back to the Roy's. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Carolina. 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 Good old Carolina. Mm. Who changed her hair colour? Yes, she was, mm. wasn't she blonde? She was blonde in the first season, yeah. Yeah. She looks nice as a brunette. Yeah. I will say that. Anyway, so she, I, I really felt for her in the first five minutes and Greg just being, when he's like, He's like, oh, this is crazy. This is crazy. He has no idea what's going on. Mm. Nicholas Bourne has kind of reached his like peak power. Mm. He's just using his sort of befuddlement and his, you know, eccentric voice just to maximum effect. I think clearly the producers have seen how much of a hype there is around his character. Yeah. And they've been able to execute that very, very well. He's... He's not a scene stealer, I would say, because I feel like you could argue that every actor in Succession is a scene stealer. But they prominently feature Cousin Greg in a way that they wouldn't have done had the actor not been so charismatic and so loved by everyone on the outside. Totally. Mm. Um, my favourite line within the first five minutes is when Roman says, when, when they're boarding, they're trying to work out where they're going to go on the, all of these planes. Mm. And Roman s looks at Logan and says, Dad, do you want me to come with you? And Logan says, do you want to suck my dick? <laughs> I know. And then um, Kieran, I mean Roman, <laughs> says, um, says the father to his son as he is under a sexual allegation. Yeah, yeah. I know, I feel like Kieran really nabs the best lines. But something that's interesting that I found out from Horatia recently is that, um, you know, the storyline of Roman and Jerry. Mm -hmm. That was something that was started as an improv improvisation by Kieran Culkin and the actress who plays Jerry. Seriously? Because they, they just got along super well and they would add in a couple of lines to the end of scenes. Um, and it just started from a playful, silly idea. And then they just started to keep it in. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, it is incredible. Um, and I, you do kind of see that from uh, Kieran, I mean Roman, um, mm. how he he's, some of the times, I do think that's not scripted. Mm, absolutely. For instance, how with his movements and his body, he sometimes does really strange things. Mm. Like when he's at Kendall's flat, when they all of the siblings turn up, um, I don't know if that's an episode two, actually. That's an episode two. Oh, right. Yeah. But he does some really strange things, and you're just like, they, there's no way... That was, on, that was in the moment he did that. I feel like... As an actor, definitely. you just kind of get that vibe. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he uses every part of his face so well. Mm. Even his eyelids. He can act with his eyelids. He does this thing where he kind of half closes them to sort of look mm. ironic. And I've never noticed that with another yeah. performance before. And I just think it's magnificent. Did you notice in the first episode that there was this energy between all of the family members of just like you're wading through shit. Mm -hmm. Like the worst thing has happened. Their, their lives are, you know, temporarily suspended. Yeah. And they all just seem, first of all, you mentioned that they're in their own, their same clothes as they were. Yeah. Because obviously it's a full, they've, they've now been up for hours and hours and hours. They just seem fucking exhausted yeah. and broken and slightly feral as mm. well and um the sort of covert phone calls from 
Kendall and the father Chevy, trying Chevy, to Chevy. Chevy, Chevy, Chevy. <laughs> and everyone trying to work out where everyone is. Um, the lack of trust in the in the atmosphere. Yeah. Um, and even like the lack of intimacy between say Tom and Shiv and everything like that. It really kind of um, makes you feel very, very tense for yeah. the whole episode. Which is why then episode two, which is so kind of cheeky and funny, was such a sort of a breath of fresh air. I will just say, I remember this one moment from episode one that I thought was so brilliant, is the the relationship between Kendall and his ex-wife. Fascinating. Mm. Where they're sort of grinning with coyness, but also at the same time, you can tell that she sort of hates him. No, hates I didn't think it was coyness. There. I think that she absolutely loathes him. Of course, of course. But at the same time, she understands and respects his position and clearly the life that he's provided for her. So she had like a hostess face on. But then when Kendall's new girlfriend turns up, uh, cousin Greg nicks the the old bottle of wine from her godfather. And then um, Kendall's new girlfriend comes in with the wine glasses. And Rava is clearly really upset by this sort of... Um, Are you sure that's not an episode two? No, this is an episode oh, right. one. Um, because Rava isn't in episode two. Um, anyway, they drink uh, the wine that they're not supposed to drink. And it's a really awkward moment between everyone. And then the two women leave. And Kendall's response to that situation, rather than feeling apologetic, is looking at Cousin Greg and saying, we know some fucking amazing women, don't we, dude? Mm. Yeah, he's gone. He just lost it. It's like he just is so out of touch in a way that he wasn't before. Like mm. he's sort of on a different spiritual plane yeah. now. And he has found a woman who is enabling him. Absolutely. So when she's like, are you the king of the world? Are you actually the king of the world or something? It was so sexual. Like, yeah. oh my God, that made me feel uncomfortable. Whereas Rava is so straight with him. Exactly. So when he says, she's like, so you finally did it. And, she, and he's like, well, it was in the mail. And she's like, well, yeah, I guess it was in the mail. But there's this kind of feeling of, yeah, it's the it's over. It's She's slightly disgusted by him. Yeah. You can tell. You can tell. Um, okay. My also my favorite moment was what what uh, I thought a really significant moment was when they they haven't boarded a plane yet. They haven't decided where they're going to go, and Logan loses his phone. Mm -hmm. And there's a moment where Shiv, Kieran, Connor are like, "Oh, let's help Dad find his phone," and it's just a moment of this guy is old. He's yeah. an old man. Yeah, and he he's in this serious situation he's still he's deluded like Kendall is deluded he still thinks he can just take a step back and then he'll come back in as the leader exactly you know but he is actually an old man and he's at the end of his game mm -hmm. and, and and the show is so quick to remind you whenever you're sort of getting caught up in the sweeping drama and the stakes the next scene will remind you how human everyone is mm -hmm. how fragile everyone is um so you're constantly like feeling so torn between these two um, different ideals. Are they these people to sort of uphold as gods or are they just these fragile losers? Yeah. Okay, yeah. should we move on to episode two? Because no, I, I just want to, I just want to have a moment um, of, is in, is, is it in, uh, when, is it in episode one where, um, yeah, no, Shiv says to his, her dad as well, you know, I just want you safe. I just want you safe. Yes. There's a moment of tenderness between Logan and all of the children at some point in the episode, mm -hmm. apart from obviously Kendall. Um, and yeah, you just real, you really feel the f the fragility of Logan mm -hmm. as an old man. Absolutely. Um, I think that in episode two, the major takeaway I would have is that it showed all of the siblings, all of the children 
um, regressing to an adolescent mm. state. So I just think it was so genius to have them all sort of crouching on the bed, shoes off, um, on Kendall's daughter's bed in her bedroom with the fairy lights and the, the vanity mirror. And it kind of seemed like the sort of chat that a group of siblings would have late at night about like a plan about like sneaking out of their parents' house or something mm. like that. There was something so innocent about it. And they all made fun of each other and spoke to each other in ways that reminded me of us talking when we were young. Yeah, because there was a warmth when they when Shiv arrived first and then Roman arrived and there was a they all were smiling at each other. Mm. And I just found that so familiar with, you know, being part of a family that even and even with Alfie I find sometimes like even when you're when you're so close with someone and you love someone so much you you can't help but smile mm. even in the darkest moments because they make you in exactly. some twisted way and when when Ken, when Roman turns up with um cinnamon buns mm. for Kendall obviously he's he's done that as a joke mm. but at the same time he would have got the cinnamon buns and mm. he did get them for his brother and mm -hmm. he brought them over and it's just amazing how even in these moments, there's still some connection. Connection, Because you can't stay mad at a sibling for long. It's like when we've had a giant fight, one of my favorite feelings in the world is waiting for how, how, how many seconds is it gonna take for one of us to smile at each other and <laughs> sort of break the tension or like crack the ice. Yeah. Because I think that with friends or with colleagues or professionals or strangers, obviously you can hold a grudge for a really, really long time. But with siblings, there is something there that just makes it almost impossible yes. to stay angry forever. And that's what the sort of the episode of In the Bedroom showed where they were genuinely considering his proposal. Yes, but also they were seconds away from saying something they've probably said a hundred times before to the other siblings. So when Shiv jokes in a mean way to Roman about his dick or something mm. like you've got sexual issues, it was out of place and Connor even steps in to defend um, Roman, which I thought was actually really sweet. Mm. Um, and then Kieran, I mean, sorry, Roman, acts. <laughs> <laughs> he, he kind of storms off and then comes back in a few minutes later and makes out he just went to the toilet. Mm. And you can see that this kind of dynamic and fight would have happened so many times over the years. Mm. And the thing is, when you're, you, you never ever really change. You're, you don't, people don't change. You are essentially the same person as you were when you were a child. Mm. And your flaws are the same. Your brilliant points are probably the same. And, so it's just so funny to see them in this dire situation, such high stakes, and yet they're still quibbling. Quibbling? Quibbling. <laughs> quibbling? Quibbling. Quibbling. Quibbling about the same things that they probably did when they were teenagers. Exactly. And the, 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 the insecurity of Roman coming back in and pretending mm. that he had just gone to the bathroom, I just recognised that so much in, you know, having fights with boys where they they can't quite handle their own emotions. And that's oh. what's scary about Shiv, really. Yeah. Because she's a girl and because she's the youngest. Um, is she the youngest? Yeah, it goes, obviously, Connor and then Kendall, then Roman, then I Shiv. I thought Roman was the youngest. No, 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 they're supposed to be around the actors' ages. Right. Um, so, but I, I feel like- And I, it was a horrifying moment when I realized that I am older than Shiv. <laughs> I'm older than her. <laughs> but the thing is, she dresses very maturely. She dresses she in a lot and of turtlenecks and a lot of cream tones. I think they a bit older in this series. Necessarily, or, yeah. yeah, they kind well, of Well, in to. last series, they, yeah. they chopped her hair off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I liked it when she had Don't the long hair. Don't chop your hair off. She's got that lovely asymmetrical bob. I've never seen anyone pull it off so well. Yeah, but quite often asymmetrical bobs aren't intentional. <laughs> I think that Shiv has a deep well of sadness inside of her 
as um, is very succinctly put by Kendall at the beginning of the episode saying, you're not a good person. I'm the real you. You wish you could be doing what I'm doing. I think Shiv is so sad because she's obviously made a lot of blunders in her professional and uh, personal life. And I don't think that she's happy with Tom. And I don't think that she's happy in her job. And she's not happy that she's never worked at Waystar. But mostly she's sad because she knows that she's just as bad as Logan is. Yeah, and when he says, when Kendall says to her, you're angry with yourself. Mm -hmm. she, she, her face says, yeah, I absolutely am. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. And I also noticed that Logan, now that you mentioned that she's the youngest, it doesn't make so much sense. But when Logan is sitting there kind of playing with his food and, and spends kind of half the episode just saying, where is she? Yes. Where is she? It's like a teenager waiting for your teenager, teenager daughter to come home. Exactly. And I really, really felt that. You could see what he would have been like when she was, you know, just getting into that phase in her adolescence when she would probably go out and go on dates with boys and stuff. You could just suddenly see him worrying about her because she is special to mm. him. And I think she resents that. She's only special to him because he can see that she has the same ruthlessness and like lack of kindness that he does. And the reason why he doesn't respect Roman is because he, like, I think that Logan knows deep down that Roman is actually a good person. Roman is most definitely the loyal son. He cares about what's going on with the father. Mm. And Shiv decides not to join up with Kendall out of pride. Roman decides not to join up with Kendall purely because he couldn't hurt the dad. When he says, I'm worried it might actually kill him. That's so genuine in that yeah. moment. And what what reason does he have to be so oh loyal God, to him? his phone call to Logan mm. saying, you know, I... I really want this, you know, but I also know that I'm not ready. I know that you think I'm not ready, but you, I want you to know that I want it. Mm -hmm. He kept repeating that because he wanted to prove to his dad that he's ambitious. He's got what it takes. He thinks he can do it. He thinks I can, you know, I think I can do it. I think I can do it. But and Logan will never respect and him. And then that moment when he gets off the phone, when Logan hands up the phone after that heartbreaking outpour mm. from Roman, outpouring, um, <laughs> and Logan just says, Roman's out. I know. It just shows the difference in their character. Roman is just made of something better and more pure, which is probably why he has such a sexual dysfunction. Because if the world that you're in is evil, but your soul is pure, maybe the only way that that can come out is in some fucked up like dick thing. So what do you think Roman's tactic is? Because his alliance with um, Jerry mm -hmm. and Jerry's, you know, when she's taking a photo of her name on the news. Such a nice daughters. detail. Such a nice Such detail. Such a nice detail. Such and, a nice detail. And well Roman, done, writers. When Roman comes in and says, you know, oh, you're taking a photo for your, you know, for your whatever. Mm. Um, don't talk about my daughters or something. And then they have this moment where she says, you know, actually, I was just going to involve you in a couple of phone calls, you know. And, she, he, and he really tries to be businesslike and say, we do this together. This is my plan. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do you think his tactic is with going to see Kendall? I think he was reaching out to Kendall as a brother. Um, and I think that Shiv was there for herself. So like what I said before about Roman being more virtuous, I think that um, I think that Roman was genuinely maybe checking in to see how Kendall was doing because he knows that Kendall is a manic addict who can't really control himself. And there's just something about his energy that by the time he actually decided that he wasn't going to work with Kendall, 
to me said he knew that all along. Yeah. Shiv didn't though. Yes, Shiv because- absolutely was teetering on the brink. She is so power drunk for the whole episode. It's almost like the failure of not being able to get the lawyer woman, Lisa Harvey. Shiv can't cope with this feeling of failure within herself. So she's almost like drunkenly walking over to Kendall's so that she can try and prove herself. I think it was the donuts. When she saw those donuts from Logan, I Mm. think that was the moment she decided that she was out. Mm -hmm. And and then when she said later to Logan, what was it? What, why did you send the donuts dad? Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think it was literally that moment. And when Roman says to her, when Ken, when Roman says to Kendall, I'm only here to check up on Shiv. Mm Mm-hmm. That seems genuine. Yes, exactly. That seems genuine too. That does seem genuine too. Um, and then, then we just have to talk about Tom and Shiv because she's on the phone to him and she lies. She doesn't tell him that she's at Kendall's, basically, you know, working out what she's going to do. The formality of their phone calls as well. But when, when, and she's like, love you. And he, and he doesn't reply. And she was like, well, do you love me too? And he says, why do you want to know? Yeah. And then they have this beautiful line where he says, um, well, yes, I guess I do, and you know, it's good to know that we're, we're, we're we we ha- we don't have an unbalanced love portfolio. Exactly, isn't that such a great line? It was a beautiful line. I feel really sorry for him, and I really hope that his part blossoms a bit more because in the first two episodes he hasn't really had that much to do. Yes, but one very significant scene is his phone call to Greg in this episode, where he threatens Greg and says, "You need to crawl up inside an animal carcass. That's the only way that you're going to be able to help yourself." And he shouts at him, and he says such wild things before saying something really, really logical. Mm. It kind of made me think maybe Tom's genuine love for Shiv, as it dwindles because he realizes that she's never going to truly love him or respect him, and she was about to throw him under the bus on the on the boat in season two, I think that he's replacing his genuine love for Shiv with a meanness and a coldness, and then he takes that out on people like Greg. Mm. Because I reckon, I think at the beginning of the series, like Tom's always been a bit of a dick, played so well by Matthew McFadden, yeah. one of so our own, one role. of our own. What an amazing role for him! Thank God, honestly, thank How God. Lucky. What a lucky man, and what a what, how lucky a way to watch that performance. But I think that he start he started off slightly sweeter, mm-hmm. and I think he's become worse because yeah. he's let himself be corrupted by not being loved. Yeah, totally. Um, but I think everyone, each character, is either a bully or being bullied. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone is is free. or a mixture of both. Yeah. Or a mixture of both. Everyone has got somebody chasing them, but they're also chasing someone else. Yeah, but the moment with Tom and Shiv that really, um, after they have this moment at the airport in episode one where they do that awkward blow kiss. And she drops the kiss the second that the she kiss. is yes. walking away. Oh, I didn't know that. I thought she was just kind of like dissolving it. I didn't think that she was actually dropping it. But then He on blew the-, the kiss. She picked it up. And then the second that she wasn't facing him anymore, she dropped her hand. What a bitch. Yeah. Um, but on the plane, when Logan, um, so Tom is with Logan and they're discussing, you know, who's going to be the next, um, you know, su- successor or whatever. Um, Tom then goes to the toilet, rings Shiv. And there's that moment of almost passion on the phone where he's like, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And she's like, you go get him. You go get him, baby. You go. Yeah, yeah of course I want it. Of course I want it. And that passion shows much of their relationship. The foundation of it is ambition exactly i feel like that's the only real connection that they have is that they both want power 
Yeah. And that they both use each other to try and leverage it for themselves. And crucially, they're better off together. Definitely. They're going to stay together they're for the show. Stay together. They'll probably have a breakup, I reckon, mid season. No, no, because... no. I think they're going to have like a, a fuck fest. I think they're going to get like passionate. Okay. I feel like we've done a really good recap now of our favorite mm. things and like the general themes of the episode. Now, um, let's do some predictions for what we think is going to happen in the series. And also, maybe what some characters, what, what their true motivations are. For example, I've written down here. Kendall at the end when all of the siblings were leaving and he was standing there and something about his posture and you can just tell that this guy's a method actor like he's in that world he's he is back. in he's that such scene a straight back all the I time. mean I think it's so fascinating as well because we listened to that uh, Mark Maron podcast with Kieran Culkin love Kieran um to know that what's his name Jeremy Renner the guy who plays Kendall I think it is no, no Jeremy Renner. strong Jeremy strong no that's a different actor yeah Jeremy Renner's the guy from the new Bourne films. No, no. Okay. We should know his name. Ignore me. God, we are so unprofessional. He's Kendall. Kendall. He's Kendall. Kendall, you can tell he's a method actor because of the way he acts, but you can also tell that Roman is the opposite of yeah. that. And it works. Like I feel like in no other show or no other context would you get two such different schools of acting working so well together. But because that is also their characters, it just works so well in the scene. But there was something about the way he was standing with his belly sort of out and his shoulders slumped as he called Shiv, um, basically said, you know, it's just your teats, something about your yeah, teats. And it was so nasty, but so childlike. Yeah. And you could just see that he was a child throwing his toys out of the pram and just wanted to be liked, just wanted to be played mm. with by his siblings. He is nasty. Oh, he's, so he's worse. He he's worse than Logan. His lawyer, um, I'm, or somebody, I'm really sorry, but I just got to go outside and hug my kids. Mm. And then he goes out and meets fucking Stewie. Absolutely fascinating. Who I hate. Oh, I hate him. The actor does it so well. Yeah. So hateable. Um, another side point I like how in this series, I don't remember it in the last one so much, but they really like a long back shot, like a, have a big wide mm. and have every actor involved in the background and oh yeah i just felt for some of the actors oh you know that they've been waiting be... around there all day you know that that was two days where you they came nothing. in and they were told you're not gonna be saying a single thing today you're not your features aren't gonna be in focus but you do need to be in the background of this shot for 12 hours standing up thank you i just thought it was also so funny and such a great idea the fact that greg was getting advice from a law student oh my god <laughs> greg i'm only in my first term <laughs> <laughs> but also what's so fascinating is that the show should make you raise su some questions but because the world building is so good you don't really think about it but the fact is why is um why is connor so much older than the other siblings because why is he so man. dumb not the same man surely given the same like he has a different energy to him no but I don't yeah. feel like they've ever explicitly no, said he that he had a mom. different mum. No, he they do. They really? Do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, but why is he so dumb? Why is he so dumb? I don't think he's dumb. I think he's just actually quite, you know, straightforward. And in the car, oh my God, in the car where Logan is, you know, suddenly backtracking and having to apologise to everybody. Yeah. And he's saying, you know, that the, the stuff I said to you on the boat, you know, that was harsh and... You're my number one. And then he gets off the phone. He says to his uh, girlfriend. girlfriend. Number uh, one. Number one. But he means number one child. He yes. is the number one child. He was the first born. That's what they mean. Mm -hmm. um, my also favorite thing is, um, I my prediction anyway, with Jerry, I think Jerry's going to backstab Roman. Roman. And I think <sighs> Jerry and Frank 
will team up. I think Frank, they're, they're, they're starting to kind of like sprinkle little hints that Frank has more going on. Mm-hmm. I think Frank's going to have a good storyline. Well, also the fact that they ended the episode on the on the shot in the car of Logan telling Shiv. Shiv, who is sort of cowering away from Logan, doesn't want to acknowledge him, didn't go out to hug him in the car because she feels so bad about the fact that she hasn't joined up with Kendall because she's more similar to Logan. Mm -hmm. When he says that, you know, you're actually going to be the one that's going to take the throne, but you're going to be wearing a biohazard suit called Jerry Holwell, or um, whatever her second name is. Um, Yes. And then they close on the shot of Jerry getting into the car sort of sweetly and innocently with Roman. I reckon that you're right. That betrayal to Jerry will result in her turning on Roman. The only innocent one out of them. I know. And I can just feel Roman is going to get crushed. He's going to get crushed. He's going to get crushed. And when Kendall said he sent me, he was going to send me to jail, he would have done that to you too, Roman. Maybe that's where the series is headed. Maybe Roman's going to end up in jail. Oh my God, no, no, mm. no. I think so. I think Roman and Jerry will fuck. Mm-hmm. I think they will actually have quite a sweet romance and I think Jerry will then obliterate him. I think that's such a good point. Oh my God, and it will be the first time that he's had a proper, healthy, romantic sexual experience and then the next thing that's mm. going to happen, he's going to get stabbed in the back. Yeah, and I think... Unfortunately for Kendall, I think his addiction is going to get the better of him. And I think that woman is going to fuck him up. Definitely. Definitely. And given that she's the daughter of the guy in yeah. the proxy battle. And they were, in, they were in the recap. Mm, they and were in the recap. in the recap. You're not in a recap in unless you're, you're coming back round for round two. The whole family were in It actually kind recap. of annoys me sometimes when they like they include a shot from like a really early season or a really early episode in the recap. And it's like, oh, I, I guess his ex-wife is coming back in then. You know? Yeah, sometimes you don't true. want a spoiler. Yeah. But. Um, and I think that. Yeah. I think that Kendall will self-sabotage Kendall will self-sabotage Roman will be crushed and Shiv will end up powerful but completely alone because she realises that this isn't what she wanted she wanted to be good but she can't be good Mm -hmm. and I think Greg will have some form of redemption redemption and I think actually the character I was really happy that Logan's brother was featured more he had some amazing lines Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. Um, he said you're a self-regarding pompadour poppinjay poppinjay so good yeah I think that they, I think he will rise a little bit in this series I reckon so and I think he'll take Greg character. yeah I think he's a he good, is a moral character moral character and I think he's going to take Greg with him but it's an interesting example of a moral character where he's moral in the context of these abhorrent people but the fact is he's still a billionaire who's like completely like got to stick up his ass and he probably doesn't help anyone but he just pins all of his life failures onto his brother um, so and the other thing that I've thought was quite startling was when Kendall said I feel cleansed and you saw Shiv's face and Roman's face they looked quite scared of him I, I think I think Kendall is gonna do something bad I think ever since the car crash at the end of season one is the end of season one yeah I feel like not only I mean we all know we all know we shouldn't say it but we all know we're waiting with bated breath for Logan to bring that up yeah. Logan is gonna use his cover-up of Kendall's sort of manslaughter at some point in this series. We're all waiting for it and it's very exciting and I'm like, but about it, but about it. I'm very excited about it. it was staggering that in the first episode, in the car, within the first five minutes of the series, he jokes about it. Yeah, he jokes about maybe I have. Maybe I have. And then he goes on, is the, when they said about OJ, um, and is that, are they saying juice is loose? Are they referring to OJ? Maybe, maybe. Juice is loose. But then juice is loose, like losing juice 
Logan says that. It's exactly. like a theme. I think that... OJ Simpson might star in episode three. <laughs> Four. It's interesting. Four. It is interesting to see the way that Kendall has taken the opposite path from cowering away from what he's done. He has crossed that threshold now. He's in the underworld. He probably doesn't even feel bad about it anymore. I think that there was a moment where he could have changed for good, for better. And had he actually decided to go to jail and not stab his father in the back, that would have been just because that would have been punishment for what he did but he's now crossed over that threshold he's gone full metal evil and he's alone and he it just is symbolic of what is life without human connection and people holding you accountable for being bad logan basically let him off the hook he did something so abhorrently awful probably worse than logan has ever done i can't imagine that logan would like let someone be killed in that awful awful way but logan in some sort of blind love for his children or maybe for himself because they're images of himself decides to let kendall off the hook and get him out of trouble and that he's created a monster that is who kendall is kendall is a monster created by his father yes but i think that logan doesn't love his children i don't think he actually loves his children i think he's so fucked up from his own childhood that he he actually hates them. Yeah. And so because he they isn't have more. saving Kendall by protecting him from going to jail in that moment w- with the cover-up. He was saving himself mm. because he knows that whatever happens, his kids have now fucked him up. So it's he true. Abs- I think he hates them. I don't see any love there whatsoever. And when he says stuff like Romulus and, you know, Khan, you know, you're my number one or Shiv, you know, sh- sh- whatever, calls Shiv like her nicknames. Pinky. Pinky. Like... I don't see a shred of love. And when Marsha says, uh, an amazing entrance to the episode. Oh my God, Marsha. When she says, those fucking kids of yours. Yeah, I mean, And then goes and massages him after saying, I want everything to the lawyer. And then you see the long shot of her going and massaging his shoulders. I know. And realizing she's going to get to his dick and she's in it for the money. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She's going to get to his dick. No, that's what she's going to do. She's yeah. going to massage him. She's going to move, like she's going to, she's going to They're play all him. seductresses. They all know how to manipulate each other's emotions. And do you know what, Jessie? I can't wait for episode three. Can you? <laughs> Can you? I just, I'm just so happy it's come back, honestly. I know, I know. Because the thing is, Love Island did fill a certain void in my heart. And now, do you know what? Succession is coming, filled it right back up with cement. You walk straight over such it. good quality. Like, I think the writing has really stepped up. Well, it's just been so wonderfully consistent. But just the, 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 the amazing security of having a long-running series is that the writers can flourish. They can add so much depth to characters. The actors can add stuff, you know, with their improvisation. And that's why it's so unfair that so many series just don't get, you know, a second, third series because it just makes such a difference. Or original series aren't made in favour of a remake of something else. Succession yeah. is the perfect example of why you should take a risk with new storytelling. Totally. Um, and Horatia suggested this to me yesterday when we were watching, but how incredible would it be if we got a cameo from executive producer Will Ferrell at some point in the show? Yeah. I mean, they got to do it at some point. But to be, to be honest, there are about 30 executive producers on this. There are so many. I don't reckon. I don't reckon he's even watched it. No, 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 no. I mean, he's been involved. He's been on the title sequence since the pilot. Yeah, but I don't. I. It doesn't mean anything. You Maybe. never know. I wish. I want to know. I want to know. I've listened to writers like who've written on it. They like um, Georgia Pritchard. She wrote on it, and she was on Adam Buxton podcast, and 
she's really involved. Lucy Preble. I mean, I just there's so many writers involved mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. so many execs involved. It would be so nice to know, you know, the ins and outs. Maybe we'll find out. And obviously, we're assuming that this is still set. I mean, given that they're all wearing the same clothes as they were at the end of season two, this is set in 2019, 20? Hmm. And in a world where coronavirus hasn't happened? I don't know. I don't know. I think we're going to have to wait and see on that one, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, I, I think it is pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. How annoying for the actors to be in the same costume. Can't gain any weight, can you? No, you can't gain any weight. And you have to be so careful about not spilling anything on it. Yeah, but they probably have loads of doubles. But I just kind of, I would hate that. To film something two years later and to be in the same size trousers. Fuck you. Yeah, exactly. Fuck you. Fuck you. Like, it's been the pandemic. What, what the fuck else do you it's think like I've been doing? It's like a fucking reality check first day. Exactly. Just to see that you just, you can't like, oh, get wow. over your Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I was happy once. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's okay, enough that's now. That's enough for now. That's enough now. We, Signing um, off. We, we have, we hope to do our normal podcast where we talk about, you know, not succession stuff. But, well, a um, little bit about succession sometimes, but this is now, we can just pour just all of our succession plates into one place. Our passion. And then skedaddle out there and get back to normal programming. Yeah. Thank you for watching. Thank you. Please um, support Roman. We're going full fucking beast. Active stations. <laughs> My favourite line, my favourite line from episode two was when Connor was pulling up to the kids, you know, the kids sleepover sort of um, gossip session they're having in the bedroom. And then um, Roman says, huh, I thought I heard a clown car pulling up. (laughs) (laughs) My favourite line was when Logan says to Carl, "Um, if your hands are clean, it's only because your whorehouse does manicures. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Such a good line. Bye. Bye.